Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Hey, can we give it up one time for those that got baptized today? Man, awesome, awesome, awesome. And uh, they didn't just get baptized and dip out, okay? Uh, they was here at the first service, and they stayed and got baptized. So I just wanted y'all to know, like, man, they just, that's rude. Anyway, so uh, we, we wanted y'all to be aware. Hey, listen, we are in our Take Your Shot series. And uh, how many guys have been joining it thus far, right? Take Your Shot's been good. And, uh, man, we are, we are super pumped. And today uh, we're going into part five, part five of Take Your Shot. So turn to your neighbor and say, Take Your Shot. Oh, that was weak sauce. I think we can do better than that. Turn to the person on the other side of you you just neglected and tell them, take your shot. There you go. There you go. Awesome. 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 It's all love here at TC. We are so excited. I am Brad Livingston. I am the lead pastor here at TC, and I'm honored that you guys are with us today. And we're going to jump straight in to what we got. I pray it's going to be a message that touched your heart. And so we are, we are pumped. But today we're going to be talking about role players. Role players players. Now, if you're a sports fan, uh, especially a basketball fan, you may remember names. How many guys are familiar with the name like Danny Ainge? Anybody know the Danny Ainge? The Celtics, right? Back in the day, we going vintage, right? That's almost black and white TV, folks. Okay, so um, how about uh, Tony Kukoc with the Bulls? Where we at? Anybody remember those? Four of us. Perfect. That's about what I thought was going to happen. How about anybody heard of a guy named Steve Kerr from the Bulls? Anybody? Okay, we're getting there. See, we're getting late in the 90s now. So, um, anybody, Derek Fisher with the Lakers? Anybody, Derek Fisher? Okay, now we're catching up. Very good. But here's the thing. I knew that not everybody was basketball fans here at TC. Some of y'all hadn't met Jesus yet, and so y'all don't know that basketball is the greatest sport. So, um, love the way they dribble up and down the court. That was a little Bow Wow reference. If you didn't get that, you need to step the game up. Anyway, so, but because I knew that, I wanted to talk about some other role players. Maybe some that you guys are a little more familiar with. And so, um, because what I think happens is in the storylines of life, we've got the heroes, the main players, the Michael Jordans, the Larry Birds. But it, the games can never be won. The championships can never be taken if there aren't role players doing their job, right? And to show you kind of what I'm talking about is uh, we're going to show you some pictures. For example, would there ever be a save by the bell without my man Screech? No. Now, some of y'all are like, man, what is it? Don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> Would there be an office without Dwight? No. Thank y'all. Thank you, everyone. Man, in the first service, like four people knew who that was. I was like, y'all need to meet Jesus, okay? Anyway, so, uh, you know, next. Would there be a home improvement without my man Wilson? No. Absolutely not. Would there be a boy meets world without Mr. Feeney? Right? No, there wouldn't be. Would there be a Martin without Cole? No, it wouldn't be. And I saved the best for last. Would there be, drum roll please, everyone. Would there be a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air without my main man, Carlton? No, wouldn't it? Not unusual to be, right? Like, listen, like, how many of y'all know that role players are necessary in the bigger story? 
That there's heroes. Yeah, there's like main, there's main people, but the role players have an important part to play in the big stories that we pay attention to. And today I want to talk to you about role players. Mark Zuckerberg says this, founder of Facebook. He says that purpose is that sense that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. That we are needed and that we are something, that there is something better ahead to work for. Purpose is what creates true happiness. That's what my man Mark says. I say my man like we're close. I've never been on his yacht. Okay, so today I want to talk to you about the story of Esther. You can go and take out your notes because we're going to get ready to jump straight in there. So today I want to talk to you about the story of Esther. And to kind of, what I'm going to do is give you a brief overview. For some of you, you may not be familiar with that. And that's okay. I'm going to give you a brief overview. And for those of you that are familiar with the story, you will notice that I skip out on tons of details because I'm kind of just pinpointing on what we're talking about today, Okay. But in the story of Esther, she's an orphan. She gets adopted by a family member, right? She's, she's Jewish. Um, and so she's an orphan, gets adopted by a family member. His name is Mordecai, all right? And when he gets, she gets adopted by Mordecai, what happened is the God, God gives her genuine favor. And a queen is removed from the king. And so she actually gets placed as queen in the king's house. So she is now queen and, and so uh, she's figuring out her process or all these roles. And then there's a guy named Haman. Say Haman. Okay. It's a guy named Haman. And so he comes on the scene and he's got the, he's really close to the king. He's kind of got his ear. Y'all know people that work like that. They got the boss's ear. They don't know what they're doing, but they got the boss's ear somehow, right? Like they, they can't do their job, but for some reason they can tell everyone else how to do theirs. Okay. All right, good. I thought I was, we could hit on that. So Haman is, goes to the king and he convinces the king to give him the power and the authority to kill all the Jews in the land, right? So Mordecai finds out about this and comes to Esther. And he says, Esther, you have got to do something about this. And she goes, I can't just walk up in the king's area. If I just walk up in the king's area, uh, anyone that does that, whoever it is, me or anybody, will die. And so they go back and forth a little bit, and they're sending a third party. So she sends her servant and goes and talks to Mordecai. Mordecai sends the servant back. And so they're doing this for a little bit. And so we, we actually find ourselves uh, where Esther is getting convinced or trying to be convinced to use her position to save the Jews. Okay, so that's where we're at. Today I want to tell you the story of Esther, and we're going to work through a couple things as we identify what it means to be a role player in our life. Because I want to go ahead and spoiler alert for you. The overall tone of this message is to let you know, and for some of you remind you, and for some of you inform you, that you are not the hero of your story. Jesus is the hero of your story. And the sooner we can grab a hold of the fact that we are a role player in our very own story, that Jesus is the king, that Jesus is the one, that Jesus is the leader. He's the one that gets the glory. He's the all-star. He's the Michael Jordan. He's the Larry Bird. He's the person that gets all the recognition. And as soon as we come to grips with that, we're going to get through life a whole lot better than we are now. Because I don't know about you, I like control. And if I had to be honest, I, sometimes I like recognition too. Where are those people at? You like control. Control freaks, go ahead and raise your hand, right? If you're nudging the person next to you, you're the control freak, okay? Just so you know, I wanted to, want to help identify them people in the church, okay? So, but I like control and sometimes I like recognition. Here's the deal. When we surrender our life to the Lord, he is now in control and he gets all the recognition. But here's what I want you to grab a hold of is that Jesus is not interested in being a role player in your losing story. 
but he is 100% interested. He's even invested. He's even given his life so that you can be the role player to his plan for your winning story. And as soon as we let go of our plan, which is a losing one, how many of y'all ever tried it your way and just messed things all up, right? How many of y'all just jacked it up? You just can't get nothing together, nothing right. Y'all like, man, I don't know if I'm raising my hand for that. How many of y'all know when we put our hands on something, it gets bad quickly, right? But when we give things to Jesus, he can do so. He's not interested in being a role player on our losing story, but he will definitely let us be a role player on his winning story for us. And that's what we're going to look at in Esther's story today. So today we're talking about the play-by-play. And the first thing that I want you to understand, because how many of you guys like the idea of favor, blessing? How many of you guys like the idea of your boss, when the first time they go to promote somebody, they're looking at you? How many of y'all like, that's, that's called favor. When the, when, how many of y'all would love to not get a bill in the mail because somebody paid your house off? Well, that's called favor, right? Now, I'm not promising that, so don't get it twisted, okay? But I'm, what I... What I'm saying is we all like favor, this idea that someone would bless or give to us. We get to walk in a supernatural position of blessing. But here's what you got to understand. Number one is that surrender always comes before favor. Surrender always comes before favor. You want the supernatural favor of God on your life? You had better be in a supernatural position of surrender to God in your life. Saying, God, you know what? I'm giving this all to you. And here's the thing that I've found out in life. You can either do that voluntarily or he can do that for you. I was walking through Walmart the other day. First of all, I just don't like being in Walmart ever, period. The end. You meet some interesting people in Walmart, even if that's what you were aiming trying to do. So I was walking down the aisle uh, in Walmart, picking up something for my wife. And um, I got detoured by a particular aisle. You'll find out what it is in a second. And so I was walking down the aisle, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, I see this kid on the ground. Now, how many of y'all got kids in here? How many, anybody kids in here? How many got kids? So I saw the kid doing the thing that you probably either hope never happened to you or has already happened to you, right? Six-year-old on the floor, sprawled out all fours and shaking his head, screaming and crying. Now, because we have the haven here and my life has been impacted by the special needs community. I don't immediately go to judgment right away, okay? Because you never know what's happening. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So I looked at the mom and it was obvious that this wasn't one of those situations. This was just a kid being bad, right? And so I was thinking like childhood hit me. And I think, I think what happened was back in time, how hard my mom smacked me when I did it last time jumped forward in time to that moment, and then I saw it all happen. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So I see the kid, he's screaming on the ground, and, and I'm, I'm, I don't really want to partake in this situation, right? So I just step over the kid. <laughs> he was in front of the Cinnamon Toast Crunch boxes, okay? So <laughs> your man was on a mission. So uh, I step over Johnny, I don't know his real name, got my cinnamon toast crunch, step back. And the mom was like, he just does this sometimes. And I was like, I, oh, okay. <laughs> I thought we were in agreement. I wasn't going to talk to her. She wasn't going to talk to me. Like, I didn't know this was a thing. So she starts, I was like, oh, okay. And I remembered my mom. So I was, I was, like, was kind of there mentally. But it reminded me of what I was 
going to be preaching on when I was putting this message together because that's what some of us look like in life. When God comes to us and he says, hey, I'm going to do this with your life, we look like a six-year-old kicking and screaming on the ground saying, no, no, no. I said I wanted Frosted Flakes. But what that translates to us is God says, hey, listen, um, I'm not going to give you that promotion. I'm going to keep you in that same spot for about two years because someone else is going to come work there. And they're going to end up right next to you. And you're going to declare the hope of Jesus to them. But it's, it's going to be two years from now. So you're just going to have to hang tight there for a little bit until I bring that person in. And when I bring them there and you talk to them about Jesus and then they fall in love with me and their life is transformed. And now we take them from hell to heaven. All of it will be worth it. But you know what you got to deal with? Those two years. And so what do we do? We turn into six-year-old Johnny, don't we? Lord, I've been praying. I called the whole church to a fast. I put it on the Facebook page. Somebody deleted it. I got mad. Why? Because we're not at a position of surrender yet. We're at a position we want to be at a position of authority. We want control. But the reality is, Surrender always comes before favor. Matter of fact, let's go to Esther 4, 15 through 17. So Mordecai, her and him are having this conversation through their, the messenger that they're sending. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him to do. And so Esther tells him, and so he goes, but here's the thing. is one of the things Esther understands that I think we can take away from this is that if you're going to be in the position that surrender is going to come before favor, is you got to step out and align yourself with who God is before you start asking God to get something from him. In, in other words, are you aligned to the will, to the plan, to the purpose of God? Are you committing yourself? Are you saying yes to his direction? Or are we trying to do everything on our own? And then when it doesn't go right, then we go to God for help. No, the reality is, as we have to line ourselves up, so surrender comes before favor. Next is obedience always leads to authority. Obedience always leads to authority. So we have surrender, but then how many of you guys that God ever told you to do something and you turned into Johnny? Anybody, where, where, anybody Johnny before? Anybody six, kicking and screaming? Like, God, okay, I'm going to do what you said, but I don't. <laughs> anybody? Okay, only six of us are honest. The rest of y'all lying. Listen, I said, how many times has God come to some of us before? He said, this is what I want to do with your life. And you're sitting there going, I don't know. This isn't really, that wasn't in my 20-year plan. Like I had a whole thing set up. I was going to meet the perfect guy. And then we were going to get married, perhaps five or six kids, two-story house, white picket fence, dog named Lassie. Like I was there, right? Like, you're, we're, like I'm committed to this plan. And God says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to call you to singleness for the next two decades. You're going, uh, that wasn't in my plan. Or, hey, listen, um, I know that you were really committed to the American dream, but I want you to sell everything. I want you to move, move to a hut in South Africa and preach to a tribe there that doesn't even speak English, the gospel of Jesus, and I'm going to use you to save the whole tribe. 
oh, now it's real, right? <laughs> now, listen, I'm with y'all. Some, some clouds are going to have to part. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm going to need a beam of light, audible voice perhaps. You know what I'm saying? But what happens when the Lord does speak to us, but it's different than our plan? What we have to realize is that obedience will always lead to authority. You see, Esther had to step into obedience before she could step into authority. Let's go there, Esther 5.2. And when the king saw Queen Esther, this is after the days of fasting, standing in the court, she won favor in his sight, and he held out uh, to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand, and she approached it, and she touched the scepter. And what that is saying is uh, that was the king's way of approving who could come talk to him. If he held his scepter out, then that person could come touch the scepter. So he holds it out, therefore she gets favor. And in her favor, she also pleads through obedience in verse 4. Let's go there. And Esther said, if it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a feast that I have prepared for the king. Now, here's something. Esther's a trip, y'all. I don't know if y'all caught this. The person that is trying to kill her and her people, she just invited to the dinner table with the king. Now, I don't know about some of y'all, but people I don't like, I'm not even trying to go out on the same aisle as them at Target. Y'all know what I'm talking about? See them like, no, I just don't, I don't need whatever's down there. So we're just going to skip this one. Y'all, like, so Esther comes to him and in obedience, she's already fasted. She's already got the plan that God wants to give her. So in obedience, she steps out in authority and speaks to the king. And so she says, will the king and Haman come to a feast? The king obviously says, yes. But here's what I want you to understand today is there is always another step between your obedience to what God is telling you and your request of what you're wanting from God. There's always a step between your obedience and your next process. And it's called one word, honor. She goes before the king and she says, listen, I know I want all of these things, but I'm going to honor him. But more importantly, she's going to honor the Lord. And so let's go there because when you honor the Lord, how many of you know when you honor the Lord, the Lord will honor you? I said, how many of you know when you honor the Lord, the Lord will honor you? When you give God what's his, he'll give back to you what you should. So, so let's go there because then in the story, if you go back in the story a little bit, Mordecai actually saves the king's life. If you go back into it, and there's, we're skipping tons of details but because I, I want to get to what we're talking about today. And so if you go back into the story a little bit, Mordecai actually saves the king's life. He finds out that there's a plot against the king, tells Esther there's a whole thing, and they save the king. And so Haman is well aware that Mordecai is of Jewish descent. So he's trying to kill Mordecai and all of his family all in the land. Now, here's what you got to grab a hold of. Mordecai and Haman have to cross paths every day. So every time Mordecai is standing by the gate, Haman's crossing his path going to see the king. Every time he's there, he's crossing, crossing his path to go see the king. And so this is what happens the king remembers at this moment, he goes, hey, did we ever do anything for Mordecai? Keep in mind, the king doesn't know that Mordecai and Esther are related. He thinks back and he goes, hey, did we ever do anything for Mordecai? You know, he saved my life. Did we ever do anything for him? And the guards go, no. He goes, huh, we should really do that. And about that time, Haman comes walking to the door and the king goes, hey, Haman, I got a question. What would be fitting to do for someone if I wanted to honor them. Like if I wanted to show them honor, what would be fitting? You know what Haman's thinking? 
He go, it's in the scripture. He said, who would be more fitting of honor than me? This would be like your boss coming to you and saying, hey, how much money do you think you should be making right now? I'm going to go ahead and give that to you. <laughs> Boy, listen, you know, we work real hard around here. Um, I mean, I think 100 an hour at least would be fitting and benefits. You know. <laughs> so he comes to him and he says, what would, what would be fitting for, to do in honor? And Haman goes, this is my shot, fellas. And so Haman starts giving him details. He's like, you should break out the finest robes. You should get the, the finest horse that you have. And you should have someone take him around the square, around the town, and just honor him. Now, I know for some of y'all, y'all can't get down with that. So let me kind of bring it down to ground level for you. That'd be like someone coming to you and saying, hey, listen, break out the finest J's you can find. Get them ones, but the real rare ones, you know what I'm saying? Carolina Blue Jays. Like, get those out. He said, get, get the Bentley out of the garage. Detail it first. Get the Bentley out of the garage. And then I think we should put him in the Bentley. And, hey, while we're at it, who, who's the flyest rapper we've got in the world right now? Let's go ahead and call him, have him hold a private concert for only his friends. Like, let's, let's do all of that just to honor him. This, that's the equivalent of what we're talking about. So Haman's shining a light. He thinks, I'm about to get this, y'all. So he starts giving him all the details. And then the king says, all right, I want you to do all of that. Get the finest robe. Get the J's out. Get the the finest horse get the Bentley right plan the whole event he says and after you do that Haman's like yeah 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 he says and then give that to Mordecai can you imagine you ain't seen a bitter face in your life like Haman had right then in that moment just uh Mo Mordecai Check it out, y'all. I'm not even kidding. Esther 6, 11, right? So Haman took the robes and the horse and dressed Mordecai and get this, y'all, led him through the square. Like he didn't even get to go home. He had to go before Mordecai with the horse. Like, can you... I, listen, this is the way I read my Bible. If y'all don't read it this way, that's y'all's fault. Listen, I can see him like not projecting like it's Mordecai, but just being like, y'all listen, it's Mordecai. <sighs> I know y'all see him standing in front of the gate all the time. Now he's on a horse. It's nothing special. Everyone go back home. <laughs> that's what I would do. I don't know. Like, y'all can be self-righteous if you want. I'd be like, <sighs> he's here, right? But Man, he, like, Haman has to take Mordecai through the whole square, right? Proclaiming before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. In other words, he's saying, like, this is what happens when the king loves someone. But it ain't for him. It's for Mordecai. So I want to I wanna help paint a little picture for you all today. But uh, let me get two volunteers. Who, about, who wants to come up here and help me out with the project? Sure. Come on up. Yes. You, yeah, come on. Come on. D, come on up, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he sits there all the time. He knows he just got me access. Give it up for him, y'all. Give it up for him, y'all. Come on, sit right here, Emma. DeMarcus, I'm going to have you sit over there. Since, since Emma looks so fly today, she's going to be Mordecai, okay? So, DeMarcus, I'm sorry, brother, but you're Haman. Okay, so I just, oh, yeah, yeah, just so you know. All right, so... 
But this is what happens, right? And so let's say that this seat right here is reserved for your boss or whoever it is you're trying to get favor from, right? In this case, in this story, the king is sitting here. And this is what happens because as Mordecai, this, we start seeing Haman and the king clicking up. They're going to lunch together. And I don't know about you, but whenever you're looking for favor from this person and this person is always close, what happens in your mind? You start to go through all the thoughts, don't you? I wish I could go to lunch with them. I wish I was close enough to get that raise. We just get bitter. We don't get better. We just get bitter. And so I wish I, wish I was close enough to go to lunch because if I was close enough, I would get that raise too. I really wish that I could be in Haman's seat. If I was in Haman's seat, I would, I would be on it, but I'm not in Haman's seat, so I don't, I'm not going to get that. I'm not going to get that raise. I'm not going to get, you know, I really wish I was close to professor, but since I'm not as close as so-and-so to, to my teacher, I'm not going to get those grades. I'm not going to get that whatever. And what happens is we become bitter, but we never get better. And because we never get better, we lose track of the fact that everything that is happening at the table of your life is happening 100% orchestrated by the God of the universe. And so as Haman and the king is getting together, as they're starting to talk, as they're becoming friends, what is happening is when you're faithful, when you're Mordecai, when you're standing over here saying, listen, I don't get all this. I don't understand all of it. But you know what, God? You control the universe. The same God that put the sun, moon, and stars into space, he's controlling this situation too. And I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to stay faithful where I'm. I'm going to surrender to the plan. I'm going to be obedient in the midst of not understanding. And I'm going to honor the Lord and my authority. And when God is ready, he will give me my time. And so we sit at the table. And Mordecai and Haman are crossing paths the whole time. And hear me today. Hear me when I'm talking to you today. Everything that you're looking for in your life, it's not going to come from your boss. It's not going to come from your teachers. It's not going to come from your professors. It's not going to come from your husband or your wife. It's not going to come from the person that you're dating. It's not going to come from any of those. It will only ever come from God when we surrender, obey, and honor the process that he has us in. And so the table is getting set before us. But can you imagine being Mordecai having to watch every day as Haman, the person you know don't like you? Just getting favor after favor after favor. Some of y'all are like, not only can I imagine it, I'm living it tomorrow when I go back to work. But what happens? It reminds me of another table analogy. And I'll take two more people. Who else wants to help me out? Who, who else? Was it? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Who else? Come on. Yeah, let's do it. Give it up for them. Come on. One time. One time. Give it up for them. Give it up for them. You can sit down right here. Y'all can sit down right here. Because this is what happened. It reminds me of, a, of a, another scripture passage where uh, in Psalm 23, go ahead and throw it up there for us, guys. Psalms 23 uh, says this. It says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It says I, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And this is how this looks, right? So to give you an understanding and a translation of what this looks like is in, in the Bible times, what would happen is because people were in battle. And if the enemy was present in the town that they were in, they never got a chance to sit down and eat. It was never a thing. It was, it was always they were holding food in one hand and a sword in the other. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been at moments in my life where I have felt like I was holding on with 
with one hand. I was fighting with one hand and trying to eat with the other, right? Listen, I was holding on to God's promises in one hand, but not sure how I was going to make it in the other. I've been in positions where I didn't even know if we were going to pay a bill in this hand, but I know God told me that he'll bless me in this hand. And there's this battle between, I don't know who I'm going to believe today. And that's what we're talking about right here in Psalm 23, where he says that he prepares a table before me, but he doesn't just prepare a table. He does it in the presence of my enemies. And this is what that looks like. Let me just go ahead and help y'all out real quick. Let me take that from you. All right. Boy, look at that. Y'all see it. Uh Uh-huh. Y'all see them donuts? Zoom in on that. There it is. That's money right there. Uh, look at that. Y'all can have one. Y'all, can, y'all, y'all want one? Here, take it. Go ahead and get one. Y'all, I'm going to let y'all handle that. Okay, so, but this is, this is what that looks like. Oh, I'm going to put this over here. Is, he says, he prepares a table before me. And this is what, that, this is what the meaning of that. I want you guys to grab a hold of this real quick. Is that many of us in life, we have not stopped to enjoy the presence of God because we're too busy fighting the battles for God. Hear me today. We're too busy trying to be the hero in our story. We haven't realized that God is saying, no, 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 no. I prepared a table before you, even in the presence of your confusion, in the presence of your chaos, in the presence of your enemies, I provided a table for you. Sit down because I want you to have a moment of peace in the midst of your storm. I want you to have a moment of encouragement and joy in the midst of your chaos. Why? Because in front of you, I've already prepared a table and God is trying to communicate to us that you don't have to fight your battle, that I'll fight your battle for you if you'll just come sit at the table. Spend time in obedience and surrender and honor to me. Come sit with me, eat with me, dine with me, be with me. I'll take care of that if you put me first. Stop trying to put your job ahead of me. Stop trying to put your relationship ahead of me. Stop trying to put your career ahead of me. Stop trying to put your accomplishments, your degrees ahead of me and just put me first and watch. I'll prepare a table in the midst of your enemies. Hear me today. Your enemy can be knocking at the door, but you can put your sword down and eat with the king. Because God is telling us today that you don't have to fight your battles anymore. You don't have to kill yourself trying to be everything when God says, I've already become everything for you. He says that he anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. Hear me today, that God is looking for the opportunity to move you and bless you and declare over your life that he is for you, but you can be in love with God, but be leaning on your own understanding and still messing everything up. God can be for you, but you still get in the way. And God is saying, if you'll surrender that to me, watch what happens when I take control of your life. If you'll stop trying to be the hero and you'll start playing a role player position in my story for your life, I'll do more for you than you could ever do for yourself. But you got to come sit at my table. And I don't know about you guys, but you guys can go ahead and go sit down. Thank you. Feel free to take a donut with you. I don't know about you guys, but there have been times in life where I've told the Lord, God, I don't have time to sit down at the table. I got this thing I got to do. Y'all got it? You good? You can grab another one if you, okay, okay, okay. As we wrap this up, hear me. 
There's been moments in my life where I've told God, God, I don't have time to sit down at that table. I got this thing I got to do. God, I, I don't have time to, to, to even, I don't, I don't have time for you because I got to do these things for you. And here's the worst one. If I can be honest with you today, God, I don't have time for you because I got to do the thing that I thought you would do, but you didn't do for me. Because you didn't come through, now I got to come through. And God says, I always come through. It may not look the way you thought it was going to look. It may not be the way you thought it was going to be. It may feel different. It may sound different. It may taste different. It may, the whole environment may be different, but I'm telling you that I'm for you. And hear me today. I'm telling you, God is for you. There's never been a moment in your life where he intended to let you down. If things went differently than the way you thought they were going to, then God will cause all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are seeking him. And hear me today that if you'll sit at the table, you will get to take a break from all your stress, from your anxiety, from feeling like you got to do it all, from feeling like you got to accomplish and watch God go to work on your behalf. But you got to have a seat at the table, even in the presence of your enemies. And God will start to release promise and purpose and plan. Why? Because our last point today, as Esther went to the king, pleaded for the Jews, and long story short, he gives the Jewish people favor, and my man even killed Haman. Hey, listen, bad guy got it, okay? So listen, but even kills Haman and gives favor to the Jews, but here's what I want you to grab a hold of. The last point, timing is the key component to winning. Timing is the key component to winning. Because here's the one word I don't like in my own personal prayer life. That word, wait. God, I know you said you were going to do this. I know you're going to do this. I know you've promised me you're going to do this. God says, I'm going to do that. Wait. God, but I need this right now. No, you'll need that when I give it to you. Just wait. But God, I really need you to come through right now. We're at the last moment. God says, oh, no, no, no. You need to be waiting on my moment, not your moment. Because timing is everything. You can take the best shot, but if you take it at the wrong time, it's still the wrong shot. And God is saying, timing is everything. Esther 4.14, do not think to yourself that in the king's palace, you will escape this any more than all the Jews. This is Mordecai talking to Esther. This is the beginning of the story, okay? So this is when Esther and Mordecai were having that conversation. Mordecai says, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. That means God will do what God's gonna do. If you don't wanna be a part of it, then he'll go to someone else and you can swallow in your pit some more. And then Mordecai says this, and who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And who knows? Maybe you've come to your job for such a time as this. Maybe you've started those classes 
at that school for such a time as this. Maybe you're pursuing that degree for such a time as this. Maybe you, uh, you've not gotten into a relationship because God wants to do something in your life and it's such a time as this that he's gonna require some more of the time that you would not have had if you had that person in your life. God is ready and willing and waiting and preparing to do something in and through our life. But timing is key because if we get out of sync, if we get out of step, if we take away our surrender, if we take away our obedience, if we take away our honor, all we're left is our own plans. And I don't know about you, but I can go through time after time after time after time that I've messed things up in my time. But the moment that I surrender and say, God, you know what? You can have this. He says, all right, watch me go to work. And here's a question that I have for you. If he did it for Esther, if he was gonna see that Esther would be orphaned by her parents and then adopted by a family member, and then a queen would be removed from a kingdom, and then Esther would be placed into that kingdom, but then Esther would be given favor to the king because God wanted her to have favor, but then an evil person would then bring persecution to the Jews. Now Esther being Jewish because, and then being adopted would put her in the place to be able to influence the king so that she could save some people. It's is God not that sovereign over your life too? Can he not orchestrate you to be in the place at the time to speak hope to the person that's at the end of their rope? Can he not use you to be the voice of her Jesus at your job? Can he not use you? Can he not be sovereign over your life? Can he not use providence and provide every step of the way to do everything in your life that he's destined and purposed to do? Hear me today, it only takes a yes. It only takes, all right, God, I'm surrendering. I'm gonna be obedient. I'm gonna give you the honor. And in your timing, you're gonna work all things out for my good. Because here's the last point today. Because role players realize this one fact, that what I'm part of is bigger than the part I play. What I'm part of is bigger than the part I play. So listen, I may be a role player. I may have this little part over here, but I'm part of this huge plan where God is working things out on my behalf. I may be doing a small little bit, but it's part of a whole thing that God is putting in motion to rescue people. I may be just stamping papers. I may just be putting in data into this computer, but you know what? He's preparing all of those things to order my steps, to get ready to release me into the purpose that he has for my life. I'm prepared to say yes to God. I'm gonna surrender. I'm gonna give him my obedience. I'm gonna give him my honor. And in his timing, I'm gonna be ready to be released for the purpose that God has built me for. How many of you guys are ready to say yes to whatever God's got for you this morning? Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you, God. We thank you that you've given us everything. God, we thank you that you are our provider. And God, we thank you that you are in control. God, even sometimes when we don't understand even what you're doing and things seem chaotic, God, we surrender to say that you are the master of the universe. With words, you have built this entire world that we live in, God, and with purpose, you have destined us to great things. Ephesians says, before we were even formed, you destined us, God, and so, Father, we pray right now, Lord, that you release that purpose in our life. God, I pray even as Easter, two weeks away, 
God, that you put us in front of people that need the hope, that need the declaration, that need the help, that need the encouragement. They need it to be pointed to you. They need an invite. They need, uh, God, something. They need to be tagged on uh, social media. They need to be uh, brought aware to this amazing good news that Jesus is not against us, but that you are for us. And we love you today. Church, if you're in this room or if you're listening online, you're watching this and you're saying, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But here's the one thing that I know is I've tried life my way. I've tried this thing. and Every time I try to do it my way, I just mess things up. As good as I can get them, they're never really good. They're just getting by. But today I'm ready to say yes to Jesus. And saying yes to Jesus is repenting of our sins, those things behind us, never to go back but saying, you know what, God, because Jesus gave his life for me on the cross, I'm putting my faith in him and I'm saying yes to whatever you have for me. Yes to following you, Jesus. Yes to giving you my life. Yes to saying no to the things in my life that uh, need to be released from me and saying yes to the plan and the purpose of God. And if you're in this room and you're just ready to say yes, you've tried it your way, but you're ready to say, God, I'm ready to do things your way. I'm ready to follow you and I'll go anywhere you're ready to take me. I just wanna be a part of the winning team. And I just want to win the championship. I want to win the game. I want to win life. And I want to see an eternity with you. If you're in this room and that's you, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you. And if that's you, would you just raise your hand right now and say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to say yes to God. God bless you. God bless you. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Because we're not, like I said, we're not here to embarrass you, but we do want to pray for you. Are there more that says, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to say yes to the plan of God in my life. I'm ready to say yes to him and I'm ready to be saved. God bless you. God bless you. So you're watching online and you're saying, yes, I'm ready to say yes to that. I know that I'm ready for what God wants to do in my life and I'm ready to turn that over. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together and this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is merely putting words to the actions of your heart to say yes to God. And so if you're ready to declare and say, God, I'm giving you my life, if you raised your hand or if you didn't, or if you're watching us online, you're saying, that's me. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna repeat this prayer and the whole church is gonna pray with you so you're not praying it by yourself. And we're gonna declare that we're putting our faith in Jesus today. So let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection. I can be saved. So I give you my life. I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. TC, let's put our hands together one time for all those that prayed that perhaps the very first time. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.